Welcome to The Congressional Record, a podcast by ProLegis. Each week, we bring you a deep dive into Congress's policy priorities. In this podcast, we will cover the processes unique to the first branch of government and discuss some of the pressing policy issues legislators are working on. I'm your host, Charlene Burns, a researcher with the ProLegis policy team. Today, we bring you an episode on the Senate filibuster. With a wide range of policy agenda items stalled in the Senate, there is mounting pressure in the Democratic caucus to reform the Senate filibuster to help move their agenda. Majority Leader Schumer vowed to bring a vote on the filibuster to the Senate floor before January 17th, but Senators Manchin and Sinema rejected proposals to change the filibuster. In this episode, we will talk about the history of the filibuster, proposals for reform, and the recent debate around the filibuster and voting rights legislation. ProLegis is a new policy technology company founded by former congressional staffers and startup alums. We have one mission, to offer free tools that make it easier to learn about, track, and deepen your understanding of policy issues and legislation. We offer free features such as U.S. code redlining and a personalizable dashboard to track the legislation and congressional activity that matters to you. We also offer nonpartisan, unbiased information through our briefings and podcasts. Sign up for a free account today to get full access to the suite of policy tools on ProLegis.com. The filibuster is a procedural tactic in the Senate that includes any action designed to prolong debate and delay or prevent a vote on a piece of legislation. While not originally an official procedure in the Senate, the filibuster has come to define how the Senate works. The Senate Historical Office calls it a key component of the Senate's unique role in the American political system. The Senate is often viewed as the more deliberative body compared to the House, and the filibuster may be viewed as a mechanism that supports deliberation. The history of the Senate is tied to the filibuster, but some policymakers and advocacy groups are questioning whether it's an outdated institution. The filibuster, which originally took the form of long speeches to delay action, appeared in the first session of the Senate. In 1806, the Senate removed a provision from its rules which allowed a simple majority to end debate and force a vote on the underlying question, which meant that there was functionally no method to end filibusters. The term filibuster first came into currency in the 1830s and is derived from Dutch and Spanish terms for piracy. Over the next few decades, the use of the filibuster became more frequent, which led to demands for cloture, a procedure by which the Senate can vote to overcome a filibuster and end debate. By 1917, frustration over the filibuster led senators to adopt a new rule, Senate Rule 22, that allowed the Senate to invoke cloture and limit debate with a two-thirds majority of the senators present. However, cloture proved difficult to obtain and was only successfully invoked five times through to the 1970s. Frustrations with the filibuster continued to mount until 1975, when the Senate reduced the vote threshold to three-fifths of all senators duly chosen and sworn, equivalent to 60 votes. In 2001, Senate Democrats began using the filibuster to challenge George W. Bush's judicial nominees. Republicans argued that the use of the filibuster on the executive, 
as opposed to the legislative calendar, was unprecedented and even unconstitutional. Senate Republicans threatened to overcome these filibusters via the nuclear option, a constitutional maneuver where a majority could simply reinterpret rather than amend the Senate rules. Democrats called the controversial tactic a move to, quote, break the rules to change the rules. During this period, many leading Democrats and progressive voices defended the filibuster as a vital check on Republican power. A bipartisan gang of 14 diffused the standoff by agreeing to advance many of the bloc nominees and to restrain the use of the judicial filibuster for the remainder of that Congress. However, by 2013 under the Obama administration, Senate Democrats reversed course and used the nuclear option to reinterpret Senate Rule 22 to require only a simple majority to overcome filibusters of all nominees other than those for the Supreme Court. When the parties reversed positions again, Democrats filibustered the nomination of Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court and Republicans used the nuclear option to end filibusters with a simple majority for Supreme Court nominees in 2017. Today, those pushing to reform or eliminate the filibuster have referred to the filibuster's association with opponents of civil rights legislation. Although the filibuster has a long precedent that predated its use by senators who sought to block civil rights legislation, This became the common use of the filibuster in the mid-20th century. According to the Senate Historical Office, filibusters proved to be particularly useful to Southern senators who sought to block civil rights legislation, including anti-lynching bills. Not until 1964 did the Senate successfully overcome a filibuster to pass major civil rights legislation. Consequently, proponents of reforming the filibuster referred to it as a Jim Crow relic. On the other hand, defenders of the filibuster argue that while it was used by senators to block civil rights legislation, the filibuster did not emerge from debates over slavery or segregation. The filibuster was greatly changed during its history in the Senate, and both parties have slowly chipped away at it in the last decade. After the break, we will talk about the current debate around the filibuster and how it may soon be changed again. Looking for a simple policy brief that will give you the context necessary to write that policy memo or vote recommendation? Prolegis briefings are quick, no-nonsense summaries of trending topics with overviews of legislation and links to additional reading from the best of the policy landscape. Prolegis briefings are objective and nonpartisan, and they provide the key details on trending bills or policy topics, as well as the resources to dive deeper. Each week, Prolegis publishes briefings that address the most important issues in Congress, covering a wide range of topics including healthcare, energy and environment, finance and taxation, technology, transportation and infrastructure, social issues, and more. Sign up for a free Prolegis account to get access to Prolegis briefings today. Today, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and much of the Democratic caucus is once again considering the nuclear option to change Senate rules to advance their legislative agenda around voting rights and election reform. Some of the specific proposals for changing the interpretation of the cloture rule includes returning to a talking filibuster, which would require senators to stand on the floor and speak to be able to maintain a filibuster, 
or weakening the filibuster, which might include banning the filibuster on particular motions, such as the motion to proceed. In this example, the bill would be brought to debate, but senators could still obstruct the final vote to pass the bill. Another option is to flip the burden of the filibuster by requiring the minority to produce 41 votes to maintain a filibuster, rather than the 60 votes to break a filibuster. Democratic senators could also lower the threshold for invoking cloture each time a cloture vote fails. For example, each time the cloture vote failed, the threshold for a successful cloture vote could be reduced by three. Finally, senators could eliminate the filibuster, as was done in 2013 and 2017, by establishing a new precedent for Rule 22 to reduce the vote threshold for invoking cloture to a simple majority for bills. Other than proposals that rely on the nuclear option, senators could pursue eliminating the filibuster entirely. This would require a formal change of Rule 22. However, a rule change requires two-thirds of the members for cloture to move to a final vote and is an extremely unlikely option for Senate Democrats. The debate on the filibuster evokes strong arguments both in support and in opposition. In support of abolishing the filibuster, late Senator Harry Reid wrote an op-ed arguing that the filibuster is an arcane procedural rule, that it was not a part of Constitutional Framers' original vision, and that it's increasingly become a political tool that has harmed bipartisanship. Adam Gentleson, former staffer for Senator Reid, argues the filibuster is anti-majoritarian and prevents the Senate from being responsive. Progressive commentators similarly support eliminating the filibuster. Ezra Klein describes the filibuster as, quote, legislative paralysis, and Jamel Bowie states that eliminating it strengthens the majoritarian character of the Senate and clarifies lines of responsibility. There are also arguments that are in favor of less drastic changes to the filibuster. Mark Strand and Tim Lang at the Congressional Institute argue that returning to a talking filibuster would reduce the frequency that it's used to obstruct a vote, but would also keep it mostly functional. The Washington Post editorial board suggests that reforms to make the filibuster harder to use relaxes the filibuster straitjacket while preserving some minority influence. On the other hand, some political analysts are cautioning against eliminating or reforming the filibuster, especially through the nuclear option. Progressive commentator Bill Schur argues that damaging the filibuster is a, quote, weaponization of rules and would erode bipartisanship. The erosion of bipartisan requirements could lead to a whiplash in policies as legislation could pass on partisan lines with a change of a majority in Congress. Similarly, conservative commentator David French of the Dispatch states that the reforms would, quote, enhance partisan polarization and increase political instability. He argues that absolute majority control could erode and destabilize democracy. Lastly, John Cooper of the Heritage Foundation claims that actions to weaken the filibuster would erode institutional norms and abolish the last safeguard of minority rights in the federal government. Congressional opinion on the filibuster is almost split down a partisan line. Senate Republicans have been a unified coalition in standing against the filibuster. 
On the other hand, most Democratic senators are eager to discuss reforms to the filibuster after multiple legislative priorities have been stalled. However, two moderate senators, Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, have been resistant to any changes to the filibuster and have prevented any reforms to the filibuster thus far. Several major legislative priorities for Democrats remain stalled in the start of the second session of the 117th Congress, despite Democrats having a majority in both chambers. The Build Back Better Act has been pared down over months of negotiations, but still remains blocked. Moving on voting rights legislation is also still suspended. While the Build Back Better Act does not require Republican support as a budget reconciliation bill, voting rights and other legislation need to overcome the 60-vote threshold to advance bills in the Senate. As frustrations mount, many Democratic senators are pushing to eliminate or change the filibuster to enable passage of voting rights legislation with a simple majority. With a focus in January on voting rights legislation, Democrats discussed a number of options to change the filibuster to pass the bill. Majority Leader Schumer promised to bring forward a vote on the Senate filibuster by January 17th, but the week before the 17th, Senators Sinema and Manchin both announced that they would not support any changes to the filibuster for the voting rights legislation. Now Democrats are exploring new options, such as forcing Senate Republicans to actually hold the floor with speeches and procedural motions in hopes that they will tire out and allow the voting rights bill to move to final passage. Majority Leader Schumer may also force votes on the legislation to have all the members on record in hopes that this will pressure Republicans. Overall, it seems unlikely that any major changes to the filibuster will be occurring anytime soon. However, the recent events around the filibuster debate may be a pressure point for moderate Senate Democrats as they move forward. That's all for this episode of The Congressional Record. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to sign up for your free ProLegis account if you haven't already. You can go to ProLegis.com, that's P-R-O-L-E-G-I-S.com, to find additional show notes and sources for each of our episodes. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Our handles are in the episode notes as well. Finally, I want to give special thanks to Jason Lemons, Greg Nunziata, and Barbara Kittredge for their editorial feedback for this episode. We'll see you next week on The Congressional Record.